Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. And we just want to first just thank you guys for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing our podcast and um, just studying along with us. Oh, yeah. We are enjoying this series on the Gospel of Luke. I don't know what's next. God hasn't told <laughs> us yet. Um, but it's been a wonderful journey and a good way to for me to just remind myself what's mm-hmm. in Luke and yes. um, get those particulars down. So, um, and we missed a podcast in case you, uh, <laughs> in case you didn't notice. We had and you may not have, yeah. um, but yeah. if you did, we knew that we were missing it and technical glitches yeah. continued to get in the way and yeah. it just, and then there was sickness. We won't yeah. even go into that. Um, <laughs> and, but uh, we are back. So, yeah. Um, so, so that's why there was just one that, last week yeah. uh, instead of two. So we're going to start today in the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 23, verse mm-hmm. 39. Yep. And continue on with the story, the the big story. Yes. Jesus on the cross. Yes, the culmination of all things is happening here. So we've we've already, uh, Jesus is crucified now. He we, We've talked about the first part of him being on the cross kind of some of the things that are going on there early on and now we've gotten to verse 39 so we're going to close up that part of him in the cross and even being buried today um, as we walk through here okay so maybe we should start by reading okay verses 39 through 43 so we're in chapter 23 if you're looking at a bible or even if you're not um, we are in luke 23 39 through 43 okay One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm. Even in this short paragraph, there are several things to point out. And so I want to be sure and um, not just run past this too quickly. Whenever we're looking here at the beginning, now we we know of these two criminals from the other instances of Jesus on the cross as well. It's not, mm-hmm. it's no surprise to us right. that, that he's crucified with two criminals. So that's standard. Everybody knows. Now the other, interestingly, the other gospels who talk about what they do when they're there with him, speak about him, speak about them hurling insults at him too, along right. with the crowd. Right. Luke is the only one who actually tells us that one of them comes around. Wow. One of them uh, realizes this and then has this back and forth with his fellow criminal about mm-hmm. how in the world he can, wait a second, we shouldn't treat this guy so badly. You shouldn't treat this guy so badly. Don't you know we're both under the same in the same predicament as he is. And, and apparently this one criminal who is coming around doesn't believe that Jesus should be there. He doesn't, you know, accept Mm -hmm. that Jesus is there justly. He sees Jesus as being there unjustly. So did he have, you know, now we're asking all sorts of questions. Did he have some kind of contact with Jesus's teaching before? Had he come into some setting that, or was he that just now he's remembering, right? Or is he just is it just this very presentation that Jesus yeah. is making yeah. right here, that which seems like it's probably the case. Mm-hmm. That seems more the case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And well, so, so I that's something to think so about. Typical of Luke, mm-hmm. though, to give us this story because he always points out the underdog, the one who we don't think mm-hmm. will be about to receive anything. God's favor. Yeah, yeah, um, and they do, and he always mm-hmm. is so good to point those things out to us, and that's important to Luke. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and so, yes, no wonder he would be the one who would make sure that we knew this story and what he had to do to get this story. Who knows? You know, who yeah. did he talk to? Who did he, who did he get close to that he was able to hear this story? Um, I, I can't you know, even say, you know, maybe the others just saw yeah. it as a big, everybody's against Jesus. Right. But somebody there noticed yes. this conversation. Yes. Right. And the grace and mercy that was, you know, given yep. and reported it to Luke. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Uh, so really interesting that we have it. So now we have Luke, like you're saying, also, and he, he, like you said, he's always, Luke is pointing out the downcast, the lowest, the worst, and how they too can be taken in and receive grace. Mm-hmm. He's also constantly pointing out how people who come into contact with Jesus are always pronouncing him innocent. Even the yes. thieves are like, he's not like us. Right. He's better than us. He he is completely different. Because and we uh, talked he shouldn't last be time here. about how Herod and uh, Pilate, Pilate both were like, that he hadn't done anything There's wrong. nothing wrong with this guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This guy does nothing wrong. And we're so, going to see that again. Yes, we're still not on. done so, with it. He's still not done with that. Everyone uh, but these religious leaders uh-huh. and their crew mm-hmm. yep. uh, can see this can clearly see not. that jesus is innocent yes that there's nothing which is another wrong. thing that luke is really using that whole theme oh he's going to keep on building the building, people building. you don't expect are going to be the ones who continue to say it. yeah there's nothing wrong with this movement mm-hmm. there's not even if they don't fully get it they're still willing to say but i don't see a problem you know, throughout Luke and Acts, there are many people who say, who, who you know, I'm thinking especially about Romans with power mm-hmm. um, who are called to judge this thing are continually like, look, they may not be saying Jesus is my Lord, but they are saying, I can't see a problem with this stuff. Mm-hmm. There's no right. issue here. Why are we, right. why are we debating this? No, there's no, no reason for judgment. No reason for judgment. Um, okay. And then we get to verse 42. Jesus, when the, he looks at Jesus, this one on the cross and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in mm-hmm. paradise. Now you were the one who told me something yeah. about that word. The um, in the Septuagint, mm-hmm. the word there for paradise is used for the Garden of Eden That's in right. Genesis two eight nine yeah. and ten. So it's it's heaven. It's, it's very is it's well it's presence with God. Right. However, let's just right. go that far. Right, at least. because it's the Garden presence of Eden with is God. That, yes. Yeah, which is what the Garden of Eden is, and which is and, why and heaven is representative of. Um, and so, and so to use that same term to this one on the cross, mm-hmm. who you would think is very most likely a Jew also, he understands what mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, probably on some right. level. Um, I hadn't but, thought about that, but that's true. Yeah. You will be in the presence of God 
with me today. Mm-hmm. And that is a striking statement. And and so paradise has been regained. Paradise has been reclaimed. Right. Or in the words of Milton, paradise has been found. Right. Um, and so here is, here's our chance or our restoration uh, of the relationship with the mm-hmm. father comes through this event. I mean, I think we right. could, we could hardly read as a Jew these words without thinking of the Septuagint, which is what we would know most likely right. if we were Jews in the empire. Um, we would know that and that this reference is somehow talking about getting back to that. Jesus mm-hmm. has made it where we can get back to that. And really all this man had to do was believe. Yeah. And he, he stood up for him. Mm-hmm. He stood up for Jesus at a crucial moment. Right. And I think, you know, that's yeah, easy to say a, that's all it was, but that was a pretty big deal. It's a giant thing. He didn't sure, have but... to. He didn't. I mean, mm-hmm. how often do we not do that? Right. We don't defend, stand up for him in yeah. a situation. Yeah. And that's, you're right. I mean, and that's what he's doing. And to minimize what's happening here would be a terrible thing. It's a giant thing that's happening here. He's, he is in your, like you're saying, he's standing up for Jesus, doing it from his cross, Mm -hmm. standing at Jesus' side and to the other cross uh, with the other criminal on it. But he is taking his stand for his Lord Mm -hmm. as best as you can do that when you're doing it at the last moment of your life. The dead Beth confe- dead be- deathbed <laughs> confession, as it were, right. I-, I think is a reality. I mean, and that's what you can. You can't come to Christ on your deathbed. He does know our hearts. Nobody and wants if your to heart do is that. sincerely on I him, mean, no, you right. Miss that's you, you miss so much life about with him. But that's right. But is it, is it is possible? It, uh, the 11th hour? Yes, you can step into his presence forever, even at the 11th hour. And so what a beautiful passage we have here about that um okay well we should probably go move on now that's beautiful stuff let's though go on to 44 through 49 we'll read that next it was now about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two then jesus calling out with a loud voice said father into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now, when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. This is beautiful in the sense that there are some pieces here that just really stand out um, and should stand out for us. Uh, we have several pieces that we have to talk about here, really. Verse 44, we'll just start right there, at about the sixth hour to the ninth hour. So that, or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah that's right, sixth hour to ninth hour. At about sixth hour to ninth hour, it gets completely dark mm-hmm. uh, over this part of the world and this piece of land or whatever you want to call it. We don't know how (laughs) far it stretched, how far this darkness stretched, no idea, but it gets completely dark over this part of 
the land. And that is actually verified for us. Um, and this is from like through some ancient writings. When yes. it would have been the brightest part of the day. Yes, exactly. So I think, you know, my Bible said, while the sun's light failed. Hmm. Uh, which is which made it almost sound to me like it was twilight yeah or something yeah but that's not what we're that's not we are basically yeah. talking about 12 yes like you said about 12 to 3 p.m mm -hmm. and so that's a the brightest part of the day and the sun is high in the sky and there's no mistaking that that's what it, we should be in daytime now without question, mm -hmm. but we're not all of a sudden we've got darkness everywhere. Mm -hmm. So this is a big deal. And you would think, well, wouldn't darkness like this, wouldn't that make the news? Wouldn't somebody say something about it? Well, yeah, they would actually, um, in about, <coughs> excuse me, in about 222 AD, there is a, we have, uh, the writings of, Julius Africanus, who was a historian at the time, who is referencing writings that come long before him. He references two different writings. One is of Thallus in 52 AD, roughly, right in the 50-52 range AD. Uh, and then the other is a man named Phlegon, who writes in about 137 AD. Now, Thallus would have been alive when this happened. And he writes about this darkness. It seems to be for sure that he would be writing about this darkness. Um, and then Phlegon also seems to be reacting to some of what Thallus said about this darkness. And he is not saying it didn't happen. Neither of them, right. as a matter of fact, the the interesting thing is the way they talk about it. They're not trying to say, oh, obviously it didn't happen. That can't have, there was no way for it to be, number one, there's no way for it to be a solar eclipse because the Jews have their Passover day in the middle of the month on 14th. They are commanded to have Passover on the 14th. That means it would be impossible. They started their month with new moons. That's how they knew to start the new moons. It's a full moon in the middle of the month. It's an absolute fullest time for the moon. That means there's no way for the moon to stand between the sun and the earth at that time. You have new moons whenever the light right. of the sun is hitting the other side. But right. we can see it. If we can see it, then it's not between us and the sun. And so that would be impossible. And so there, but there, Dallas is coming up with maybe this is an argument for what happened right. that day could have been a solar eclipse. No, it actually couldn't have been, but. But of course I can see why they would have explained it away that way. They want to find something. They need to find something to explain it. Yes. Mm -hmm. The interesting part is they are not trying to act like it didn't happen. Right. Which is what seems to be most, you know, that's what's most telling to us. It happened. It got recorded people had to do something with it. Right. There's this crazy darkness that took place. And I, I'm going to, we didn't even talk about this before we started this podcast, but mm -hmm. uh, just hearing there was darkness over the whole land mm -hmm. uh, takes me right back, of course, to Exodus mm. and the plague that happened uh, yeah. right before they were um, yes. 
Absolutely. The plague of darkness. Right. Right. Right yeah. before they were released from bondage. That's right. Right and before so, the death of the firstborn son. Yes. It's the plague before the death yes. of the firstborn son. Right. So that just like throws me back there. It makes me think, oh, they yeah. should have known something big was happening because mm-hmm. it's that same darkness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that you said that. That it's is wonderful. I'm glad angel. that you threw that in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's an interesting point for sure. Um, so this three hour utter darkness that's around the land um, right before the death of, of the great firstborn son, the one and only firstborn mm-hmm. son. Uh, and so that's a, that's a huge thing. I think that's yeah. wonderful. Um, and so then we go on to the next part of the next verse and the curtain of the temple was torn into the second part of the next verse. Okay. There's that. So that's where there's this giant veil in the temple separating the holy place from the holy of holies. Nobody ever gets to go into the holy of holies except for the high priest. And even then only one time a year, one day. Yes, And he goes in there to intercede for the people. That's right. Exactly. And so to have this, and it's a giant thick veil. I mean, you can't see through it. There's no, not even a chance. I mean, it's really thick, very strong, you you know, impenetrable. Going into the very presence. Yes. Of God. That's right. And so for him to be, for for it to be torn open um, is a big deal. And it's torn in two, which seems to symbolize the fact that Jesus has now made access into the presence of holy God. Right. And so that's that's the beautiful, beautiful picture that we're supposed to get from this. Mm-hmm. Go in and have face to face, go into his presence. Yes. Ourselves. Yes. Like Moses did. Like you're saying, face to face as one man talks to another, as one man talks to his friend. Um, That's amazing. And so after that, Jesus calls with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. He died. These are his last words. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Mm -hmm. And then he breathes his last, it says. And then the centurion. is quoted in. Psalm 31, 5, is that, uh, is, well, this is a quote from that. I don't know. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I'll look it up. I'll look that you up real quick. Continue talking. Um, and <laughs> so then he goes on to talk about the centurion who's standing there, who sees it take place, and he praised God, saying, certainly this man was innocent. Now, in Matthew 27, 54, and Mark 15, 39, they both have the centurion at the foot of the cross saying, surely this was the son of God. That would be, that's a very, very Jewish reference being made. This was the son of God. This was a king. It's made by a centurion because the centurions too would see their emperor as son of the gods as a son of the gods, but he's seeing how Jesus died and saying, oh, if there's a son of God here among us, it's this man. This is the one. That's what they would say in Matthew and Mark. Now, Luke stresses the innocence. Because we've seen this innocence. Exactly. Exactly. So here we have another Roman with some kind of authority. He's a centurion. He's a Roman. He's over a lot of men. Um, And he pronounces the innocence of the one on the cross once more. Um, So we just hear it again and again and again. And so I, 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 to say that the centurion could have said both is not a stretch. He could have made both statements while he was down there talking about what he had just seen. 
Um, so, right. so don't, I wouldn't worry about that if I was anybody listening out there, but Luke is going to stress the innocence part. That is a big, big statement for Luke. And Luke has written his, um, both of his works, Luke and Acts yeah. to Theophilus. Yes. I think as a, you know, an apology. Yeah. Yeah. No, no he's not saying I'm sorry, <laughs> but, um, a case. Yep. For, for the validity of this yes. movement. And how it got started. The innocence. And the innocence. Yeah, exactly. And so that makes sense to me. Yeah. That going back to Father, uh, verse 46, that mm-hmm. is a quote from Psalm 31 5. Okay. I thought I had, I wrote it down. So I thought surely I didn't just make that up. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So awesome. Um, scripture. Yeah. Go read through. So go read through that whole psalm. Think about Jesus mm-hmm. saying the whole thing. I mean, that's yes. what I would do. Um, yeah. Really want to, you know, listen to the the illusions that jesus may be making there that are more than just you know one line um and then all the crowds had assembled for the spectacle when they saw what had took place they returned to their homes home beating their breasts now that's there's lots of mourning going on now that's a horrible thing they've seen happen and this is the multitudes yeah absolutely i I think aren't the same people i don't think who were yelling crying out for him to be crucified some of them may have changed their minds, but yeah. I think. But generally speaking, that was, that a, was a small, that was a small, small crowd, crowd that the religious single... leaders had gotten together. Yes. To make noise. Yes. These are the real people. That's right. These are the ones who this caught them off guard. Caught them. They were not expecting to see Jesus go to the cross today, and they woke up and here he is. Um, yeah. Uh, all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him, it says, from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Yeah, um, I think this reactions that we're getting of all these different people is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. The, from the centurion to the ones on the cross beside him to the to the women who are standing at a distance. Yes. All these people are in some way reacting to what they're seeing. And, and I not. think it's interesting that his closest acquaintances and these women are standing at a distance mm-hmm. watching. Oh, yeah. While these other people seem to be, you know, having um, visual mm-hmm. reactions. Yeah. Visible, I guess I would say. Yeah. Reactions or even saying things using the word. Mm-hmm. But they're just standing there watching. So I don't know what we're supposed to take from that exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know either. Something but to ponder. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Everybody reacts to everybody has to react to the cross in some way. I think they were stunned mm-hmm. and probably afraid that they would be associated with him and what that might mean for their own safety. Sure, I think that is part of what they're uh, thinking. Yeah, absolutely. But but they do love him and want to be close. Right. Um, and we know that some probably one of these people or more reported these things to Luke for oh, him yeah, to write Somebody down. close by is reporting it. So yep. In one way, him including that is telling us there were plenty of, I got my information from these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We were watching. Right. Uh, If we're going to, let's take a look at this last part. we got a few minutes left and let, I think we should read 50 through 56 and we'll say a couple of things about that. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud 
and laid him in a tomb cut in stone, where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. Hmm. Well, it's a lot to well, say in here. Yeah, it really gotta... is. Um, so we're getting this introduction to Joseph of Arimathea, uh, which we get in also other gospels besides this. Um, and really, Nicodemus is here too, but we don't hear right. about him because uh, Luke has a but John tells us focused on him, right? That Nicodemus the is way. there, and Nicodemus is bringing seventy-five pounds of spices. Bringing I mean, a lot of spices, word. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but what we do get here, this Joseph of Arimathea, mm. um, Luke is going to go on. He's going to continue down that same road we were talking about just now. When he was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action. Yes. And he he's like, not who we expect. He's a, he wanted he believes Jesus is innocent too, right. and he is totally not who we would expect right. to do that or to be here. Right. Um, so absolutely, we have what we have is more innocence of Jesus being proclaimed by somebody yes. with the authority to pronounce judgment is saying no. This should not be right. this. There's a, this was a righteous man, and exactly. he, yeah, um, and and it makes me remember. Um, that not all the Pharisees. Yeah. You know, were. it's easy to lump them all into one big lump, mm -hmm. but they weren't all the same. Right. Definitely. Not. There were definitely individuals within that group that believed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think it's interesting that Jesus' life is bookended with Joseph's, yeah. who cared for him, yeah. wrapped him in, in cloth, <laughs> yeah. and exactly. uh, took care of him. Yeah. And I don't think that's an accident. Yeah. yeah. I think this, this Joseph and the, and Joseph, Mary's husband are not the same person, right. but, um, they're representing something mm -hmm. for us mm -hmm. that we should see something bigger is going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, really beautiful. And, uh, just for those who are, who are, not aware joseph's name means to add um and and so yeah to multiply to add to, some to, kind of math uh, yeah some kind <laughs> of math um and so that happens he's associated with joseph's at the beginning and end of his life and then we have the joseph story itself uh -huh. which is very. most people acknowledge who know anything about the jesus story in the old testament it's very hard not to see and everything in joseph's life just screaming out what's going to happen to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to have Joseph's at the beginning and the end. And like you mm -hmm. said, wrapping his body, both places. Well, I mean, it's yeah. a really, really I interesting I mean, there's, a, there's like a Joseph who helped bring him into the world and a Joseph who helps him take leave him as it were. Leave. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. That's pretty cool to me. Yeah, it um, really is. I also love the fact that it says he was waiting for God's kingdom. I think that, throws us back to mm -hmm. uh, Simeon and Anna at the temple who both were doing the same thing, mm -hmm. waiting for the this Messiah, the kingdom, the, yeah. you know. So yeah. there were people who were aware and who were um, mm -hmm. understanding that the scriptures had been pointing to this very time mm -hmm. and were watchful. 
and right. noticed and yeah. actually got it. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's amazing. And I think Joseph there were. I think Joseph's probably one of those who's starting to get it. If he hasn't really gotten it yet, he's on the verge. I mean, he's been putting pieces together yeah. um, and uh, certainly understood that Jesus, I think, I think understood that Jesus was Messiah. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why he's treating him this way. Yeah. Um, I want to be one of those people. Yeah. Who is always waiting yeah. for the kingdom, God's kingdom. Always have my eyes open to see how he's working mm -hmm. and what he's doing. And right. Um, so it says that in the, this all happened on the day of preparation. Um, oh yeah. Verse 53. Whenever he wrapped Jesus, he laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever been laid. Now that's Matthew 27, 60 says this was Joseph's own yes. new tomb. Joseph was uh, that apparently he had a rich cut man. Out of stone. And yep. Had this tomb yep. already for himself. So Isaiah 53 9 with the rich in his death yes. uh, is where that yeah. where that would find its fulfillment here. Um so and then it was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was laid. So they follow enough to find out where Jesus is, where his body's being laid. And then they return and prepared spices and ointments. And like you said, Nicodemus is actually a part of that process, getting the, right. giving the spices to them and everything. We get that in John chapter 19, verse 39. And then on the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment. So they're not going to come back right away or anything. So this day of preparation is the day that they're preparing for the Sabbath. Yes. Right. That's right. Um, now they're preparing for Passover specifically, but Passover would be a holy day. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think we've got, it's obvious from Matthew that we have more than one day in between here. Matthew right. actually uses the word Sabbaths right. in its plural form. So we won't go into all that right now, but we can talk about that yeah, on another that's podcast. For another time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we've got a period of time here where they're not going to be here. Uh, right away. So our next scene is going to start with what happens on that great first day of the week. Uh, and that'll be awesome. We will take a look into maybe a much <laughs> more joyful part uh, than we've looked at so far. Yeah. Um, but wow, what a great way. What a great thing we've seen. All these pieces are important. Um, really glad we got to talk to y'all about them. Feel free to Share the podcast with anyone or to um, pass it along. Send us any questions or, or thoughts you have. Yeah, absolutely. You can send us any questions or thoughts you may have, either through the podcast player or not covered it all, through me. our website, um, <laughs> eatscripture.com. But yeah, we have definitely not covered all the pieces that are here. So great to talk to y'all. Love that you're here with us. And we will look forward to talking to you again in just a few days. God bless. <laughs>